0: Hello everybody, welcome to Geek Talk, the talk show where we talk about everything geek. I'm your host, Anthony, and today, my friends, today, I am brought by, with, I brought today the one and only, the, the enumerated, is that a word? Might be, I don't know. Uh, the Honorable <laughs> Jeff.
1: <laughs> That's me, Honorable, uh untarnished, uh, untarnished, I'm not gonna talk about Maidens? No Maidens. No maidens this time we're not talking about maidens, dang, we're done with maidens,
0: actually, I'm not done with maidens i i was uh I played a little bit today. I kept jumping off a cliff trying to figure out how to get down till I found out there's a hill that you could just walk.
1: yeah, it's probably it, easier than jumping off a
0: cliff it was a little much bit. easier just much easier to just walking on. I was like, you know, what if I followed the path instead of just trying to jump down and lo and behold, there was a hill. I walked down the hill and there was a bunch of skeletons shooting like vomit at me. And I was like, this is cool. And then there was a big skeleton and then I died. And I said, you know, I think that's enough Elden Ring for the week. Uh, Fatal Frame Maidens? Not yet. Like, no cap. No cap. Uh, I've been, ever since last week, I've been like, like actually plotting how to do like a, um, like this horror live stream thing. I think that could be a thing because like, I'm gonna hate it, but I'm totally down for it. I'm gonna hate it
1: in a good way. <laughs> I think the people need to see you play horror games. I had a great time watching you play horror games. And why wouldn't we share that with people?
0: Yeah, because that was a that was a rough time for me. That was a lot, but I'm totally down for it. You did great. <laughs> I'm just like I'm ready to watch you get scared all the time. I'm like, how how like. I'm honestly coming up with the logistics of how to get that started because I'm like, just need to get a couple of lapel mics because if we're going to do it, I'm going to do it on the comfort of my own couch. That's for dang sure. Like if I'm going to get scared, I better be laying down to get scared. Otherwise, I'm like, I I don't want that. It'll be great. (laughs) We can set up like a heart rate
1: monitor on you and
2: uh, get the whole thing going.
0: Oh, shoot. Yeah, heart rate reminder. Oh, my God. People are going to think that, like, I need to go to the hospital all the time. They'll be like, why is your heart rate like 150 resting? And I'll it's because like, game's scary. <laughs> <laughs> the, games, the, the game is a lot, and the controls are weird, but overall, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, like, honestly, that's how I feel about a lot of games. Like, pretty much all of my favorite games. But let's talk about Parappa
1: the Rapper. Yeah, we're canceling our entire schedule. Forget about anime. Forget about cartoons. It's all about uh, Parappa the Rapper. Uh, did y'all know that Anthony can play the first level perfectly without looking? Uh, we're the first hearing two anything? Levels. I forget what it was. Uh, yeah, first no, two I levels.
0: I can play it blindfolded. First two levels blindfolded. Yeah, not hearing anything would be wild. I mean, I probably could muscle memory. Now, all right, you know what, since we, since we went on this little tangent about Parappa the Rapper, let me let, let me go on my little rant. So, Parappa the Rapper was, like, one of the first rhythm games to, like, come out, and it's on the PS1. Uh, I met the creator of Parappa the Rapper at a convention up in Albany, and uh, he told me that, basically, they... <laughs> he did not know they were making a video game. They... It literally came to him and said, Hey, we want to make these cute mascot characters. So it was like a dog and like, you know, cute things for kids. So he made like this dog, a bear, a sunflower, all this stuff. And then it got turned into a video game and he had no idea. I was I like, oh, okay. And it's just like his namesake and he just has no care about it whatsoever. I'm just like, dang, that's my whole childhood. Uh But he actually... Funny story, he actually has a store, I don't know if it's still open, but he has a store up in the Catskills in New York, and the store has merchandise for, like, Parappa the Rapper and other things that you can't, like, his other creations that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, this was pre-COVID, so I have no idea if this is still a thing. Um, I'm upset with myself if it's not, and I never went up there to go, like, check it out, because, you know, it was only a couple hours away, but I digress, um... Of the Rapper, the reason I brought this up was because Kat said weird controls. So, of the Rapper is a rhythm game, and you cannot press the button to the beat. <laughs> <laughs> Pressing the button to the beat makes it wrong, you have to press the
1: button before the beat, and that is of the Rapper. Is there any version where it works with the beat, or no. is it every version's broken?
0: Every version is broken. There are three versions of the game. There's the PlayStation 1 version, the PSP version, which is a remake of the PS1 version, and then the PS4 version, which is, I don't know, I, I couldn't tell you what it is. The PS1 version is uh probably the best version to play because it's the most accurate, or accurate, as DJ Khaled would say. Then the PSP version is pretty close to the PS1 version. Uh, you still have to hit the buttons before the beat. The PS4 version tries to fix that problem, but now you have to hit the buttons after the beat. It is the worst. Do not play the PS4 version. Honestly, don't even play *Prap for the Rapper. It's not good. I love it. It's one of my favorite games of all time. If not my favorite game of all time. Do not play the game. It is
1: very bad. No one has talked so much shit about their favorite game or one of their favorite games, but Anthony will just Kill their darling
0: it's so bad it's so bad but sometimes you just want to crack 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 egg into the bowl and i mean like the whole fifth the whole fifth level is about trying to go to a public bathroom and doing rap battles with everybody so that you can go poop at a public bathroom so uh as lewis says you rap and cool
1: Anyways, let's actually get started. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Why not? What have you been up to, Jeff? What have I been up to? All right, I guess we should stick to what's in the titles, at least to start, right? Uh, So I've finally completed, along with our uh, good friends, Lewis and Emmy, uh, Skate the Infinity, which uh, some of you might have heard of this. This anime came out last year. Uh, Essentially, it is a skateboarding sports anime which follows, I think, a very important tradition in skateboarding media that puts a lot more weight on how important skateboarding is to the world at large than is true. And that's not to disparage skateboarding anyway, but also the crux of the show is that in japan there's this giant illegal skateboarding racetrack where people adopt like (laughs) yeah uh okay so we got reki and langa uh two newly formed friends who are basically just meeting at the start of the series and the important thing to know is that there's this track called the s and it's this giant down a mountain racetrack where all the skateboarders gather. You need, like, a special invite or whatever to actually go there. And all of the best skaters are, like, absolutely ridiculous, like, personas. Like, there's one guy who goes by the pseudonym Sakura Rose, and wears, like, you know, a Komodo and, like, a ninja outfit and stuff. We have uh, Joe, who is just a chef in real life, but he also is just, like, super muscular and is a Like strength freak who does insane tricks on uh, his board. There's this guy Shadow who's like in his normal life a clerk at a flower shop and is like all really polite there, but he basically looks like uh, he's part of a Kiss uh, cover band more or less in his uh, persona. So really cool stuff. uh, (laughs) Clearly, but uh. Yeah, no, it's been a fun time, so I've been watching this with Lewis and Emmy for the past, you know, few months, you know, on and off whenever we got together. Twelve episode series, really short, uh, pretty easy to get through. And we've specifically watched uh the English dub of it. Uh which I think does a lot for it. Uh it's a fantastic performance overall and I think adds a lot of uh elements to the work, but uh
2: i guess we should
1: probably get into you know the uh queer part of it all yeah, right was, so that's a uh, the common theme
0: i felt like you were you were getting there and then you kept coming back i was like oh you're there and then you kept coming back and i'm like all right all right i'll wait
1: for but it But i feel like talking about you know the underground you know racetrack is very important too like to be clear <laughs> this isn't just like a racetrack there people like throw firecrackers at each other and some actually like attack each other on it and that's just okay like there's no rules so people like attempt assault on this thing it's pretty ridiculous but also it's pretty gay uh, Uh. that is
0: all i've ever heard about skate the infinity only thing that i know about this anime is what i've seen on facebook of all places and tiktok and that is two characters one with red hair the other one with either it was like blue or like silver whatever kind of hair it is and and that is it that is the gay
1: romance that's all i know about this show (laughs) so i think it's an interesting situation because anime has that problem so often where it's appealing to a certain type of fan service so you know especially with a lot of sports anime you can uh talk about free for instance uh I some would argue that you know Yuri on Ice doesn't go far enough, but you know regardless, there's a common trend with a lot of more recent sports. You know, is it queer? Is this just fan service? Uh, what exactly is going on there? And
2: when I was saying
1: that the dub adds a lot to it, I do think that the people performing this cast uh, did a really good job. If this was their intention of leaning into those implications with their performance. There are several characters, not just the main two, though I'd certainly think it's fair to say that, you know,
2: we're reading ship.
1: But several of the uh, main cast, there's
2: multiple uh male on male pairings, and they are all fantastic and some some less
1: wholesome than others. I'm um, I'm not gonna talk about the main villain of the show, but got he's he's a joke character is uh what i believe yeah louis already said in the chat Dude. he's essentially a JoJo character in terms of how ridiculous he is uh by the end of the show we do get a costume change from him that is perhaps the most dramatic thing in the world and we also get a fantastic are, are we allowed to curse on this i know i usually mess this up but there is a line i'd like to quote that uh, all right go for it i guess you oh, sure. So uh, our villain uh, introduces himself before announcing a big moment in the show, saying, hey, bitches and bros and non-binary hoes, which, you know, just fantastic line, 10 out of 10. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that voice actor won best, like, English voice actor uh, at the Crunchyroll Anime Awards or whatever they hold for it. I'm pretty sure he got recognized for that. That's amazing. Uh, 10 out of 10 work fantastic stuff uh i absolutely love the show and i do think that even though we don't get like oh they're explicitly romantically each other i think that they give us more than the crumbs that you see with some other shows like this so i can't exactly say hey you know this is this is real queer i think we've had the conversation a million times about hey don't you know give too much credit to things that just sort of gesture at stuff. Yeah. But it's a little bit more of a gesture than we usually get. It was a fun show regardless. So I can't hold anything against that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm from what I understand, it is a very queer Beatty that from what I've understood. And uh also like um, Emmy says in the chat, like, no, they definitely decided that that's what they were going to do because, um, I, I feel like I've seen it. Uh, when the voice actors have specifically said that they are going to be leaning more into, like, being a certain type of way, right? Uh, especially English voice actors, because of, like, how, what we really hold value, value here in America is, like, representation, right? So I feel like I've seen that, where voice actors—I don't know if this for specifically Skate the Infinity. It could be. It could be something else. I don't know. I don't even watch anime. But I know I've seen something somewhere, either on Twitter or on TikTok, where they specifically said that they were leaning more into it for on purpose. But um But also, yeah, I think it's okay to give I don't I think it's okay to give give it credit. I don't think we need to be a hundred percent like celebrating out in the streets, like, oh my god, we have a, we have look at this gay anime, like how gay it is, like, oh it's amazing. Like this is like this is the quintessential gay representation in anime, right? But 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 also just enjoying it for what it is and being excited that we're
1: one step closer, right? It was fun. Uh, and also, I don't exactly see, like, you know, the creators going and patting themselves on the back for representation like other, you know, billion dollar companies do. So, hey, yeah. uh,
2: there we go. Yeah, shout fun out show. So, brothers.
1: Shout out to Russo, brother. Shout out to J- Disney at large. Uh, shout out to, you know, we're not going to go that far, nah, but... but I think y'all already know what we think about these things.
2: Yeah. Hey, uh, pretty topical right now, huh? <laughs> topical. You <laughs> live in a hellscape. I'm
1: sorry, folks. I hope that this uh, stream is. A fun substitute for reality for y'all.
0: Yeah, at least for a minute. At least least for for a minute. minute.
1: Yeah. What else
0: you been up to, Jeff?
1: Oh, all right. So I just finished a book, basically right after our last stream. All the books I've been bringing. Like I don't have any video games for y'all. I've been reading. It's audiobook. A scholar still reading. Don't let anyone tell you that audiobooks aren't. Like, first of all, it's ableist. Second of all, it's not true. Enjoy reading however, whatever form it takes for you. It's great. It Do is. That. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. I agree. Uh, but yeah, I just finished uh, Gideon the Ninth*, which was written by, I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of this name, so I apologize, but Weir, uh, Muir, uh, M-U-I-R, so apologies if I definitely messed that up but yeah uh, i saw uh our local bookstore uh, one of the booksellers there has put that uh forward before as a very good book you should check out essentially getting the ninth is a uh, science fantasy which y- y'all know that like star wars is a science fantasy right like it is yeah. science but also it's more about weird magic crap than oh the particle accelerators doing x y z You know. You get the vibe. I don't need to explain this to you. The Force is with you. The Mitochlorians. Exactly. Let's not talk about that. Oh, God. (laughs) We can't keep talking about Star Wars. It's going (laughs) to hurt me every
2: time.
1: Uh, So Gideon the Ninth, it's about this sort of space empire that uh, consists of various planets, houses of necromancers. So really deep into the magic from the very start. Uh, Our main character is Gideon Nav, who is something of like an indentured servant uh, of the ninth house. There are houses that uh, sort of serve this god, king, emperor type situation. You know how it is in science fantasy. I don't need to explain to you what a god emperor is. We all know this. It's first grade it's first grade you got a god emperor gotta do some dark magics and serve what it's fine it's fine anyway uh gideon indentured servants of the house uh specifically a very interesting situation on uh, in the ninth house on this planet uh gideon is one of the only survivors of a plague more or less that wipes out an entire generation of people so it's Gideon, and it's one other person, the heiress of the house, Harohark uh, Nonagesimus, a name which I've heard many times, so I know how to pronounce it. I don't know if I would have known how to pronounce it if I read it. So that's, that's the tip for you. This is your special Harohark uh, Nonagesimus. Do you have an idea how that's spelled, Anthony? I want you to give me a Nonagesimus spelling, if you don't mind. Nonagesimus? Nonagesimus.
0: Okay, N O, N A,
2: right. J E. Nope. Jess. It's known adjustments, Jess- Jess- but there ain't no J there. There's no. Oh, is it G? Mm-hmm. Oh, G. Uh, O E. S S U M M U S S
1: if y'all want the answer go read the book or look up the name i guess if you can figure out how to get it close to spelling uh yeah that was a fun fact for me is figuring out how God, hard am i on um actually or something this is a bit of an um actually thing that actually i to well first i should probably go through the backlog of the episodes i should submit that question that'd be a good one uh yeah okay so hera arc no adjustments uh she's the heiress of the house uh her parents are technically dead, but people don't know that. It's not that important for the story. Uh she more or less runs the house, uh and she receives a missive from the big old God Emperor. Hey, uh, we're gathering all of the heirs of the houses or leaders of the various houses to this planet. For this trial, more or less I'm looking for people to serve me, uh, the name for it but essentially becoming something a a lictor i think basically a lich hey you're gonna go to this planet with yourself and your cavalier your guard will help you through becoming uh this lich thing you get to serve the god emperor directly all that good stuff so we basically have a situation to bring all you know the important players in this empire together onto a planet where they're basically given no directions but know that hey there's some answers to the questions we're looking for on how to become a lictor here so let's figure that out um honestly it's a book that didn't immediately catch me i wasn't at first sure how i felt about it in part because it's a book that throws us in with this big group of characters, you know, all at once. They're sort of putting you in a fish out of water moment where you have to learn all these things you're meeting for the first time. And you're only stuck with Gideon for a good amount of that time. Uh, I think that Harrowhark is an important character in the sort of dynamic. And I wasn't exactly gelling with it at first, but as I got further in, I did start falling a lot in love with the series in part because it's tropey in a way that isn't like overbearing i think very often personally i get very tired with media just leaning on tropes and you know those little gotcha moments of odds you see what we did there because it's rampant it's in a lot of our pop culture i think a ton of times i a lot of the currently big media is referential and sort of boring because of it again all my opinion on
2: this but uh, i enjoyed it because
1: ninth has some fun playing around with different ideas magic necromancy sort of the space stuff uh, while also leaning into some fun things that are just a little bit indulgent, uh, I won't spoil anything about the book, but the principal characters uh, definitely big uh, enemies to lovers vibes between the two uh, main female leads. Uh, they hate each other and they constantly shit talk each other. And at the same time, you know, oh man, there's tension there. Each other and you get to see that sort of expand and open up throughout uh which was very fun by the end I was like okay I'm locked in uh there's one more book that's currently out in the series and then a third book coming out this year so I'm excited uh it's interesting uh and also it does a lot of like weird, quaint stuff that has been fun. I think a moment that stuck out to me is one of the characters. This planet that they're all meeting on is like this ancient relic of a bygone time. And they talk about finding like an electric toothbrush and talking about it as if it's an artifact, and it makes me so curious about what the history of this world is and like how adjacent <laughs> it is to like our type of world. It, it's fascinating. Uh, I've had fun with it. So yeah, Gideon the Ninth, super cool. Gonna be picking up the second book soon and uh learning more about that world.
0: Yeah, I got I I found the book It's I got recommended by one of the people that was working at that local bookstore. Uh I was like, oh, this looks cool. And then it just said like queer science, fantasy, and something else. There was something else there. And I was like, you know what? Oh, necromancy, maybe. I was like, you know what? That sounds lit. I'm gonna take this. Uh, I tried, I tried reading it and I'm up front and then I didn't realize that the book is thick and the text is small and I was like, yikes, but I will power through and I'm going to read this book, <laughs> but, uh, I looked at that and I was like, uh, this
1: is not the way right now. <laughs> yeah. You pick your spot. You got to find the right timing for a book. Otherwise, you know, what's the right. So what was like the most fun part about the book? Like if you, I, if there If
0: you were in an elevator and someone was like, pitch me Gideon the Ninth.
1: Yeah, pitch me, give me the elevator pitch for Gideon the Ninth. It's interesting. I think the first moment that I think of as like the uh, what hooked me isn't necessarily a great elevator pitch, but we come to the end of one of, I think the book is split into five acts. And after setting up sort of the normalcy of everything going on, excuse me uh after sort of you know getting into a natural rhythm of sort of figuring out okay what's going on with the various candidates and their cavaliers uh what sort of the stakes are and what they're actually trying to do in this puzzle that they haven't been getting really any direction on as to what they need to figure out we're then hit with this moment of oh character death out of nowhere and that hit really good to me but also that's a hard thing to sell so i will say uh if you just like queer romances science fantasy settings and necromancy again that's the selling point look at the cover it's filled with vibes if you look at the cover of this book i think you will know is gideon the Ninth for me yes or no actually i could that's it I could get that yeah, set bring up. It up.
0: Hold on. Let's see. Is that going to be easy? No. Well, let's see. What if I do? Nothing's easy. Uh, yeah, nothing's easy. Everything's a headache. So let's do this. All right? And then oh, I saved it under Digimon. You saved it under Digimon. Whoops.
1: Digimon.
2: My bad. Whoops. Well, Gideonmon. Well
0: Digimon. Digital monsters. Look at this. Boom. There it is. <laughs> Look monitor at that. The champions. Look at that. I'll even cover my face with this.
1: That's it. Gideon the nice. <laughs> That's it. Look at that. If you like that, hey, I bet you this book's for you. If you don't like that, well, sorry, that ain't it. <laughs> also, if you're listening on Twitter, uh, hey, we're also on twitch.tv slash user underscore friendly, so... Uh, that's why we're talking about an image that you can't see right now. Apologies. (laughs) Yeah. Trying. We're trying something new
0: because I was like, you know what? We have two people. We could try out Twitter spaces, but also I want to try out, uh, going live on Instagram soon as well. So that's going to be fun. The Anthony putting more work where work doesn't need to be done, but I want to give it a shot because that's the fun. The fun in it is trying out new things. I smell a crossover. <laughs> but um, uh, on top of that, you
1: were watching something else recently, right? Yes, uh, very recently. As recently as maybe a couple hours ago, I was watching uh, the first couple episodes of Peacemaker, which, if you haven't heard, is HBO Max's uh, sort of sequel series to Oh, is it The Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad? I always forget which one's which. Suicide one which.
0: Squad. Suicide Squad the is suicide the original Squad. one that nobody liked but me. You know, Will Smith was cool in it. Will
1: Smith was the movie. Also, Viola Davis
0: was the movie.
1: Uh, so You good. can't say Margot Robbie wasn't the movie. Margot Robbie got a few movies out of that one.
0: Okay. Yes, but also Will Smith and Viola Davis... I I cannot stress enough how good those two were in that movie. I mean, wow. I mean, I as a as a ex comic book fan, as an ex comic book fan, because I am not that big into like superhero comics anymore, uh, Amanda Waller is one of my favorite characters in the DC universe. Amanda Waller, for those of y'all that don't know, actually, let's just kind of go a brief overview of what Suicide Squad is, because I'm sure a lot of people have passed over both these movies. Suicide Squad is DC's take of, all right, what if we took a bunch of villains, like super villains, and made them a team to do a large mission? This mission will probably end up with them being dead. But they will be able to get out of prison for X amount of time, right? Or they'll be able to get money. They'll be able to get something out of it, right? And that is why they call it the Suicide Squad. And Amanda Waller like some kind of
1: Suicide Squad.
0: (laughs) Amanda Waller is a character. uh, Essentially, she works for the government, and she is the head of the Suicide Squad. And her name is literally Wall right amanda waller so she is this larger than life black woman who is incredibly strong like in every iteration except for like one of the newer iterations of suicide squad she has been a large black woman and that is the point because she is amanda waller and she is not one to mess with she is so good in these movies (laughs) viola davis oh my god i love viola davis (laughs) And Will Smith was just so cool. I mean, that's that scene where Will Smith was going pew, 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 pew. But now we got John Cena and uh, uh,
1: Idris Elba, which I
0: can't complain about. So <laughs> Yeah,
1: we couldn't replace Will Smith, so we got a different uh, cool dude to come through. Idris Elba, basically the same exact character. Same character. But, you know. <laughs> so good, look, though. <laughs> it's great. The world's big enough for two black dudes with guns that are just doing <laughs> cool suicide squad shit like that's it it's so fine. cool but what's p what is peacemaker all right so peacemaker uh, as you uh, alluded to my good friend john cena uh was in the latest suicide squad movie uh, i guess this is a little bit of a spoiler for suicide squad so apologies uh to you all but suicide squad has a very high uh, Death Count. Yes. John Cena's character is not one of the people to uh pass away amid all of the action. He indeed survives, and Peacemaker is about his character. His superhero alias is Peacemaker. Uh, I think the line from the movie that could sum up his character is like, I love peace so much, I'm willing to kill and torture anyone to obtain it. So... That's who he is. Ah, uh, and Peacemaker is about the aftermath of that movie. It starts with him in the hospital. He's been in there for about 5 months since injuries he sustained. Suffered, not sustained. You only sustain if you're a building. That's a right. It doesn't <laughs> matter to anyone. Uh, all right. So he's free to go from the hospital. He's like, "Hey, I'm going to I sneak out, I guess, because they're letting me out of the hospital cool awesome immediately drafted back into one of amanda waller's uh various programs with the some of the cast members from the movie returning as well as new members of this uh retainer crew that uh is sort of controlling john cena hey there's still a bomb in your head and we could just kill you if we wanted to. if you're gonna stay on the outside you need to work for us and part of working for us is performing hits for us i'm so still funny. really early in first two episodes of it so far uh we basically just met at the retainer squad for the first time john Cena's has gotten some various hijinks and trouble uh especially as someone who's uh finally back to society as opposed to you know toppling a government somewhere else a lot of things you have to think about with those uh yeah movies huh yeah. anyway maybe That's a little bit point. morally gray to be toppling island governments yeah it's the whole point
0: the whole point of the of the suicide squad is literally just criticizing the american government it is so good it's so good and <laughs> let me
1: tell you it sure doesn't stop here so <laughs> one of the first things we did john cena is back or uh, chris whatever he's peacemaker i'm gonna call him john cena john, yeah, john cena is for the just, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> like John Cena's had this persona within uh, WWE wrestling for a long time. Of he started off as like you know, oh he's the doctor of thugonomics, which is a very cringeworthy thug-onomics? thing to say. You know, I'm even sorry. back then, Wait, the doctor of thugonomics. That? The doctor of thugonomics.
0: I really, I really don't like any of the words in that in that uh, title. None of them. John Cena has a rap album. If you didn't know, I didn't know. I all all the words in that I don't
1: like them at all. <laughs> so anyway, we'll uh please follow. If we hit our follow goal, uh, Anthony and I will record. Uh, oh my god! I don't know a listen along John Cena's rap album. This
0: list there's too much onto this list.
1: We'll make a tier list eventually, but if it gets more followers, I will make as many promises for you (laughs) as I can. John Cena, born for this role after the Doctor of Thugonomics, he's had a very Boy Scout sort of thing going for him. You know, about uh, hustle, loyalty, respect was one of his taglines. So it translates really well, that sort of persona he fostered there, into this sort of sociopath persona of someone (laughs) you know really patriotic loves freedom and also uh is just demented Is willing to kill people and do sorts of uh immoral things all over and we also start to get a bit of a look into his inner life uh, the first episode has him meeting with his dad who is oh so in the i'll just walk you through the first shots Uh his father lets him into the house. He's like this real hard ass type. You can imagine what I'm talking about. You go inside. Uh the TV's playing what's essentially uh Alex What's his last name? You know. You know him. Not Alex Trebek, worse. Oh, Alex Jones? Alex Jones, there we go. I don't know why I forgot Jones. (laughs) No, uh, Alex Jones is more or less playing in the background. Uh, the father is saying all sorts of terrible, bigoted things, and you immediately begin to see what they're, I think, trying to set up, which is this pipeline of, you know, this super terrible, hateful person and how that impacted who John Cena's character mm-hmm. is.
2: Because John Cena is trying to be not quite that doesn't exactly
1: express those same beliefs, but at the same time, there's a part of him that's looking for some sort of uh, support from his father, or looking for some sort of recognition, which he's not receiving, which makes his attempts to, like you know, point out, hey, look at this character, he's total, you know, whatever. Like it's a very interesting look at where this comes from how those ideas are spread and how people are sort of trapped within environment growing up and who they're around and also are trying to break away from it but also can't quite do that i'm interested to see where it goes from here because frankly peacemaker's an interesting character in that regard i don't think he's necessarily going to ever be a good person but he's certainly a He's an interesting character to watch. If he dies, he is, But also, hey, you know, that, uh, that intro theme? Pretty good. Go check that out if you haven't seen that. <laughs> yeah. Just watch the Peacemaker intro, and you might be getting enough from the show. I don't know. I haven't also, finished
0: it. Also, uh, one of
1: the
0: one of the girls from Orange is the New Black is in it. Fun fact. Yes,
1: she's been very cool. Uh, she's introduced with her wife, uh, moving into a new place. And she is the new member of the squad that's so sort of overviewing uh, Peacemaker John Cena. And so you're going to like this one, I think, Anthony. Uh, a twist that we get in the first episode, slight spoiler for the first episode. I mean, look, y- y'all get it. You're fine. Uh, she is actually Amanda Waller's daughter. Oh, that's lit. That's cool. She's placed there as sort of, you know, the insider, you know, making sure everything's going OK among everyone, especially after the end of the Suicide Squad, which sees uh, some insubordination among members. Well,
0: so that's the, here's the fun part about Suicide Squad. And this is why I think all I, right, I used to be. A huge superhero nerd used to be and suicide squad was like my number one because it is the most fun that you can have with superheroes and supervillains right you for those of y'all that don't know there are a lot of superheroes and supervillains i mean a lot like more whatever you're thinking of like if you think of a number i need you to multiply that by a hundred and that's how many there are and that is not an exaggeration there are so many And they, a lot of them were just bad. Like, that's why they don't ever show up. Like, we know the Joker, Harley Quinn, you know, we know those characters. We know, like, uh, Lex Luthor, um, and what's his name? Captain Freeze, Captain Frost, whatever. Like, we know these characters. But, like, you don't know Polka Dot Man, or Calendar Man, or, or... or Rat King. Like, these are like <laughs> these are actual villains that exist in the universe. So they just take all of them together and they make them relevant by making them a suicide squad. And they can make any personality they want with these characters because nobody cares. And then they just die. And it's just a fun time. I, it's so bad for me to say it's a fun time because they die. But it's just fun to be like, I don't know who's going to survive. Like, is Yo-Yo Man going to survive? these are all it
1: almost feels games. like the stakes are higher because obviously death is cheap in comics because uh you know comics bring people back to life all the time this have finality because who's actually gonna bring back you know polka dot man whoever else that gets <laughs> off in these? like they won't Whoa! It's amazing. It's so much fun. If y'all haven't read
0: the new Fifty Two Suicide Squad, highly recommend it. It's probably one of the best comics that's out there. Uh, It's so good. It's it, it's it's amazing. Uh, Deadshot's in it. Harley's in it. Uh Poison Ivy's in the third volume, second volume. It's mm-hmm. it's really really good. Yes, there's the Poison Ivy Harley Quinn romance in the third volume, in which all Excellent. they do, and when they go to a diner and they shit talk the Joker, it's so. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so good and like the movie the suicide squad that's on hbo max right now also very good like shockingly very very good I uh, i had such a fun time watching it it's very brutal so if you don't like gore i don't recommend watching it because it is a lot of gore like a lot of blood and like limbs but it was just a lot of fun it's first fun dc movie to come out of dc at all. So very good. Dang. Aquaman, get wrecked. I don't get no, we no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I love it. No, yeah. I I am so burned out on superhero things. Like, I loved superheroes with all of my heart. And it was just like my whole identity with superheroes. And then Marvel kept coming out with movies and I realized that most of them were bad (laughs) and I had to pretend like they were good because everybody else liked them, but they were all very bad. And then we got to infinity war and infinity war ended. And it was probably one of the worst movies I've seen from the, from Marvel by far. But hey,
2: gotta be like, yeah, woo, we did it. It's so bad, but
0: circling back, Peacemaker, yes. uh, (laughs) And like, that's the type of thing that I'd be interested in getting back into. It's just like watching the fun things, watching the things that aren't so serious and like uh, not as referential. I think that's also what's really cool about Suicide Squad is that because a lot of these characters don't matter, you don't need to have any background on them whatsoever. You can just go in and just be like, "Oh, that's cool." Like Pete Davidson's
1: in this, All right? Is that is that his name? Yes, Pete Davidson, uh, noted. Uh, I don't know, Kanye West's like number one enemy. Yeah, something like that.
2: It <laughs> <laughs> sucks. <So, so. laughs> Oh yeah, it's
1: good. Also, I forgot to mention that the first episode introduces Peacemaker's sidekick, Glee, who's an... The bald eagle (laughs) hugs him. Uh, That's the other pitch for the show. I had a much better pitch for this show than for Gideon. the Eagle hugs John Cena. Eagle hugs John Cena, and it's really good if you like the idea of an eagle hugging John Cena. There you go. God, I'm so happy they got
0: John Cena for that, for the, the Suicide Squad. John Cena and Idris Elba together was, like, the perfect combination for that movie.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Like, they bring... They bounced off each other so well. It's
0: oh
2: fantastic. God.
0: And apparently, like, some of those scenes that where they were bouncing off each other were, like, completely ad-libbed. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, the scene? The scene. If you've seen this movie... The scene with Idris Elba and uh, John Cena—if that one, that one was not was not scripted. They just had fun
1: with it. <laughs>
2: Dang,
1: I want to rewatch the movie, and I never rewatch movies. It was fun. It wasn't
0: so serious, you know. It was just a fun ride. Uh, yeah, it was exactly. a ride.
1: Exactly, Dear Queer was indeed a ride. Oh, speaking of rides, but.
2: Oh, continue, oh, I was going to
1: I was going to be the one trying to do a transition here. I was going to ask you about uh what have you been up to? What have you been playing recently? Oh, shoot. Well, uh I was about to segue perfectly. So, look at that. Look at
0: that. We got two segues going on. Um so fun fact, uh this week I barely did anything we, this past 7 days. I have been in a uh, digital monster mode, otherwise known as Digimon mode for, or I was in Digimon mode. So we had a tournament on Saturday, which was about an hour and a half drive away uh, in a different state. And uh, the tournament had basically like a $1,000 prize. So it was $20 buy-in, $1,000 prize. So a lot of my week last week, Yes, Digimode activated. (laughs) A lot of my week last week was switching my brain from uh, normal nerd mode into Digimon nerd mode. And playing so much Digimon trading card game, it's not even funny. (laughs) Uh,
2: So much Digimon. Tell me a bit about... So, I feel like we've talked about Digimon
1: before on here, but you want to give like a quick rundown of essentially, you know, what the basis of the trading card game is? So the
0: trading card game is based off of the anime uh, and the video games and now going into like the manga and stuff. And essentially it is uh, you you have a 50 card deck. You got five life, which is five cards in your deck. And your opponent, you and your opponent share what's known as memory. So your resources to play cards is memory, and you and your opponent share the uh, what they call a memory gauge. You can have a maximum of ten on each side, uh, and you can play up until you pass onto your opponent's side. So it goes ten to zero, and then zero to ten. Uh, once it goes onto your opponent's side, your your turn ends, and it's your opponent's turn. And uh, it is so much fun. It is so accessible for people to get into the game because the cards are so affordable. Uh, Even the best decks cost less than $100. It is so great because there are a lot of times where you don't... There aren't aren't very many moments in the game where you can't do anything because of how the resource works. Uh, Not to say that that means you're going to win, but it's just that there's not very many times where you just can't play. Uh, it's very, 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 very fun. And I have been in love with it. Yes. As Lewis said, we play all the time in the discord, like all the time. But of course, uh, since I was playing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, (laughs) I'm like, I'm not in Digimon mode, but I'm also excited because we do tournaments every Sunday locally. So I'm just like, that is
1: my Digimon. Uh, Tell me a bit about the tournament that you recently had to prepare for. So,
0: the tournament was interesting. It was actually a 3v3 tournament, which is very odd. Normally when you go into tournaments like these it is like you you're essentially going 1v1 against whomever and then you do um what they call swiss rounds so whoever has the most points at the end wins and you get points based off how you're weighted so the more wins you have you're weighted heavier than people that have less points um so uh, we did a three. it was three v three. So we had a team of three people versus a team of three people. But we were each playing our own individual games. But it's the team that like goes forward, right? So two out of three people on your team need to win to progress. Um, the tournament was a lot of fun. The venue was it was larger than I had expected. Uh, the people that were running the venue were. F- so great i mean they were very supportive uh very great people um the people that we met were also uh pretty cool uh we ran into a couple of uh snags uh (laughs) some of them i don't want to say live because i don't want to embarrass some people but um uh it was it was a lot of fun and a lot of me uh correcting correcting people when they were misgendering me that was a fun time uh yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting when you're in a room with a bunch of nerds and you are also a nerd, but then you have to assert your dominance and say, I told you this three times, I'm not going to tell you again. My pronouns are they, them.
2: <laughs> and then everyone gets quiet.
1: <laughs> it's a thing when you're in queer spaces often, or a lot of the time, where you just become so used to everyone just being cool with it that the second you're out of it and realize that this is norm for a lot of people. It's like, uh... yeah, yeah. Large sigh,
0: large sigh. And it was uh, a little ridiculous, but I had a really great time and they said there, I gave, I gave them a little bit of feedback because one of the biggest issues was that they were allowing the teammates to talk to each other during the games. Which can be an okay thing, but then people were literally coaching people through playing the entire match, so matches were taking longer, and essentially, it was two people playing versus one, so a lot of my opponents, uh, I was not playing my opponent, I was playing my opponent and their teammates, and one of the biggest things that, uh, so I used to play a lot of Match at the Gathering in a professional manner back when I was in high school, and Um, One of the things that you learn and people know this who play in like fighting game communities is that there is pressure when you're in the actual game, right? It makes sense. You're in the game. So you have this anxiety and this pressure of you being in the game. And it is easier to coach people that like when you are outside of the game because you can easily see where you're making a misplay versus when you're in the game because you have the pressure of being in the game. So when you take that factor out of it, (laughs) you know, you end up with not the greatest experience. So uh, they took that advice to heart and they said they agreed and that they are going to not have that the next time. And uh, I was very happy with that. So I was like, you know what? We're going to come back. And if you follow us on Instagram, uh, you'll you'll see exactly where we were because it was a lot of fun. Uh, you could check out that. Uh, I think it's most excellent gaming over down in Connecticut. Uh, definitely check them out. They were really great. Very queer friendly, honestly. Uh, didn't even tell the judge my pronouns and they had just referred to me as they them because that's, you know, it was pretty nice. I was like, oh,
1: thank you. Uh, it's like, yeah, I don't assume. It's like, thank you. Right. Super simple. <laughs> <laughs> it's super easy. But yeah, I can imagine how hard it must be like you're competing in a card game and it's like if joey wheeler came up next to you and was like oh no you see you got that card there you should really play that right now
2: that no no yeah and don't talk
1: to it, each other yeah and it's like
0: it's easier because you're not in the situation it's just like real life right it's easy to give people advice when they're not dealing with it themselves because when you're in the situation you're put but when you're playing a game like, like that is a part of the game, like that is a part of it. And that's how you're supposed to learn. And it's one thing to coach when you're doing play testing and you're practicing with each other. But when you're actually at a tournament with a thousand dollar prize, it's not cool. So and yes, exactly like Lewis said, because uh, Lewis was on my team. Uh, yeah, people who barely knew what they were doing and uh, people were just playing it for them. So that was not fun. That's not a fun game to play. Uh don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Uh but on a but brighter note.
1: Some... Ooh, here's let's hear the brighter note.
0: Yeah, on a brighter note. Uh like yeah, we had we had a good time and I got some really good cards. I pulled the rarest card in my uh my one pack that I won. So I was like, "Oh, look at that." Um but on a brighter note, segueing from Digimon. Uh I actually got to watch a couple of things. Uh, and try playing uh, a game that I've been wanting to play. So I actually got to watch, uh, the new Proud
2: Family show on Disney Plus. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. I,
0: I am going to say, and I roasted Cherry for this, uh, and I'm going to say the same thing. If nothing new like catches my eye, i'm gonna say that the proud family, the new show is probably one of the best cartoons that's been released this year easily.
1: whoa, that
0: is a lot <laughs> to be saying. it is so good okay animation wise it's all right uh it's it's animated in flash like most of the cartoons that are made now are um and, but the way that they they frame this show is it's phenomenal. Like I don't have any other words for it. It's so great. So for those of y'all that don't know, the prowl family was a show on Disney channel back in like 2002. I want to say maybe 2003. Um, It's essentially a black sitcom, but animated. So it's Kiki Palmer and a bunch of other like black actors and actresses. And um, it's about a girl named Penny Proud and her entire family and the hijinks that they get into. And uh, but what's so great about the show was, especially back then, it was like the first black animated sitcom. It's, it's it is literally a black sitcom, but it is com- like complete cartoon. And they took the feel Of the original Proud family. And they brought that into 2022. And it is not what I had expected. I get a sense of nostalgia. From watching this show. Like almost to tears. And it's not even nostalgia. For the old Proud family. It's just nostalgia. For black sitcoms. Every episode. They have a guest star. Right. Um, They had CeeLo Green. Which is gross in the first episode. Um, they had, they have a boogie with a hoodie is in it. Uh, Lil Nas X is going to be in an episode soon. Does it come out yet? Yeah. Lil Nas X is in the proud family, but they get black guest stars, which is something that's like really prevalent in a lot of the old sitcoms. So if you watch like family matters or if you watch good times or Sanford and son and you know, it, it has that feel and it's hard to explain that. Cause I'm black and you know, that's just my childhood. And, but it just has that feel in a cartoon in 2022 and the jokes are state, they, they hit so well, they're all very current and it kind of scares me a bit because it's like, well, is this going to hit the same in 2026 or 2030? Which is a very big thing for cartoons when they try to make jokes like, uh, like the new Powerpuff Girls, where they're like, "Oh, look, I'm twerking!" Like, even now, making a twerking joke is like cringe, right? (laughs)
2: Beyond
0: cringe. It's beyond cringe, right? It's like it's very cringe. But the Prowl family—it kind of scares me that it goes a little bit in that direction. But I think it's still a little bit timeless. Because we're gonna know like they reference Instagram and we're gonna know we're gonna know that Instagram is still a like is a was a thing right, and they mention um like there's a whole episode based off of being a social media influencer, and that's a that is a profession that will never go away at this point right that like in 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 the foreseeable future, social media influencers are going to be just as big if not way bigger than they are now that that is pretty much. Uh, agreed upon fact in the marketing community uh yeah i love the proud family back in the day it the new proud family is so great it's so funny it's so topical and what i also love is just a little easter egg in every episode they have a they show a book and it's a real they're real books by black authors and it's books that i think y'all should read because they're all books that i have read uh in the newest episode last week, uh they were they literally referenced Ta-Nehisi Coates uh Between the World and Me. It's a literal book in uh La Sienega's hands, and they say, Is that Ta-Nehisi Coates' Between the World and Me? <laughs> it's so good. Um the education out there. Yeah, and Give like and they like open up the locker and John Lewis's March is in there. Like the graphic novel. It It's so great. Um, God, I, I there's just so much to the show that makes me so happy. It's so funny. They make references to the older episodes like Oscar and uh, Wizard Kelly and uh, all that stuff. It's just it makes my heart sore. It makes me tear up. It's so good.
2: It's so nostalgic.
1: I was gonna ask you, and you
2: kind of alluded to this, obviously, we've had quite a few you know cartoon life you mentioned powerpuff girls uh so you
1: mentioned a little bit about how it's a bit weird with the super specific references, but how does it feel in the sort of spectrum we've seen?
2: This is just nostalgia grab that's uh. Not doing something that makes it came back. So
0: if I were to put it on a spectrum here, right where nostalgia grab, I'd say it was what? Like teen Titans go. Sure. Uh, right. I feel like nostalgia grab would be closer to teen Titans go. And then uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum would be Rocco's modern life. If you haven't seen the Rocco's modern life uh, reboot, the new movie, please watch it. Honestly, probably one of the greatest animation of all time easily literally rocko's modern life said trans rights
1: in 20 with Rocco. was that 2018 2019 it was pre penny d so i think so right? yeah
0: that it was amazing uh probably one of the best specials i've seen but I put it closer to the Rocko's Modern Life. Uh, They've done a really great job of uh, breaking stereotypes and also keeping the show black. And that was my biggest fear, right? Is you're rebooting the show that was known for being black and uh, it's 2022 and it's like, okay, they could probably get away with it not being as black, but the show is just incredibly black. Um, and in the newest episode that I reference, so they ended up getting rid of one character, uh, and they brought in a new character, and the new character is gay. He's a gay man, and... I was like, oh, you know, you know, I dig it. You know, it's like, all right. It's a it's like a little bit tokeny, but I dig it. I, I appreciate getting a little bit more diversity within the main cast. But this is what got me. The third episode is about Oscars uh, basketball team and trying to win a basketball tournament. And uh, Michael, who is the, the gay boy in the in the show, he is the star basketball player he's black and he's gay and he's the star basketball player it's like whoa whoa, wait a second i was like oh i love this and you know it's it's the small barriers that you break you know you could easily have just created another character just made some no-name character be the star basketball player or whatever but you decided you know what we're gonna use michael and and that says a lot i feel like uh, wasn't Hey Arnold brought back for a special? Yeah, I didn't watch that. I heard okay things about that. But yeah, I, I I heard it was okay. But yeah, I think the representation in the new show is phenomenal. And I'm really excited. I really wish that they just came up with... They played all the episodes all at once so I could binge it and just cry myself to sleep. Uh, But very no. good. Very, 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 very good. I mean... I, I, you know what? I'm not gonna spoil it. Just watch it. If you, if you don't have Disney, Disney Plus, go on the user friendly Discord and then DM me so that we can share Disney Plus. Because, uh, screw Disney. Yeah.
1: Uh, that was a parody and we don't actually get any sort of action. that Legal reactions from any multi-billion dollar companies oh yeah absolutely it was, a,
0: it was a big parody i would never want someone it's to use joke. the exclamation mark discord in our discord server or if they're listening to us on a podcast going to userfriendly.com slash discord to join in and then send a dm to uh the one with the crown anthony saying hey like oh goodness i would love to watch the proud family is there a way to watch that i would never ever want anybody ever to do that
2: Don't worry about it. Don't worry never. about it. This jokes. It's a joke. For legal reasons, these are jokes. Speaking of jokes. Uh,
1: speaking of jokes, tell me about other jokes. Uh, I played Going Under. Going Under, that is a video. I think we've both been like curious about but never like took that deep dive with it. Can you talk a bit about your experience so far?
0: Going Under is an indie game by Agrocrab, and it is about an unpaid intern who has to uh fight in dungeons for her unpaid internship because she tried to get an internship as marketing and the uh, manager does not care he says uh kill the monsters in the dungeons get the artifacts and then we combine the artifacts and then good things will happen for the company uh obviously that's sus but the the great part about going under is that the entire art style is based off of the the newest. What do you call it? The modernist is that what it is? Modernist
1: art style. Uh, I'd say honestly, the best way to describe it is just you know, like the contemporary social media sort the of
0: corporate, uh, corporate friendly art style. Yeah there's a legitimate name for it. Like I watched a whole 30 minute video essay on it and I can't remember. Uh, But yeah, the whole game is based on that art style. You have like the, the, you know, the, the long arms and limbs. It's like very diverse. Everyone's got like rounded limbs and like the circle head and everything. And it uh, basically just pokes fun at uh, corporations and capitalism uh the game is a roguelike. So you go into the dungeon and you try to get as far into the dungeon as possible and after you die you come back, and you just have to start over. Uh the characters are really funny. Uh the game is pretty alright. I've enjoyed it. Uh it's been pretty fun to just like uh zone out and play because it is a roguelike and they like everything is just based off of really funny things. So the Second dungeon is based off of cryptocurrency and you have to fight these crypto skeletons. Uh, and they do, there are chain shops and they are attached to what they call a blockchain. And when you talk to anybody in this dungeon about cryptocurrency, nobody actually even knows what it is, but they keep saying that they have free thought and they listen to the, the Joe Krogan podcast, and when Joe Krogan tells them to buy something that they buy it because they
1: are a free thought, it's so good. <laughs> we live in a nightmare world, but making fun of that nightmare world is a little bit funny. Yes, right now I'm in a dungeon that's Tinder.
0: So, oh no. Yeah, so you have to like match or pass on different enemies uh and different like bosses it's uh it's a lot of fun it's uh, uh i i don't have any other words for it other than fun
1: <laughs> i definitely agree that it does feel like a dungeon filled with monsters uh i, I also
2: will say not that i would ever be
1: so unprofessional podcast slash but i did find upon googling corporate art style uh, someone created the thing Saturn
2: devouring his son in said art style, which I did. Oh my and, goodness. Uh, that's how I, something. How do I do this? I don't even have uh All of my
0: screens are all walled up because I haven't done streaming in so long.
2: Uh, look, y'all,
1: if you just look up corporate art style.
2: Will
1: come up, I promise. But if you. I just
0: share uh, my screen the
2: first yeah. What if I just share my screen? I'll just do Let's go
1: wild. Capture. Let's we're riffing. You whoa, know? whoa,
0: that's way too big. Hold up. Excuse my French. I'll just do this. Uh, yeah. So this is what we're looking at right now. Uh, boom.
2: Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. This is the art style of the game. This is it. That that's it. It's a nightmare, and also, this is very funny.
1: Uh, if I, you know, parodies of Siren devouring his son, I didn't think that would be like a thing up often enough in my life. I'd be like, I love it when people.
2: Here I am. Uh, thanks, Internet.
1: I appreciate you. Ah, but yeah. I'm glad
2: that you've been having fun with this game.
1: Uh, would you say that, ah, how is it compared to some other like roguelike things coming? I know that there was a good amount of comparison
2: early on, I guess, with Hades, since they came out relatively crowded, like persistent story. Uh, so
0: yeah, this is not Hades. I will just, oh, okay. I just, I will put a stomp on that. It is not Hades. Uh, I'm not gonna say those are two different beasts, right? <laughs> For sure. Uh, um. Yes, there are story beats in between runs, so you go through the dungeon, you die, whatever. You end up coming back. You get to talk to all of the individual workers, and there is like this whole thing where it's like a corporate takeover, like sub story that's happening. Uh, that you are trying to figure out about. It's like, oh, these uh, this big company that's basically like, I think it's Apple. I think it's Apple or Google, one of the two that's taking over so it's like you've got this like sub story happening and you're talking to all the workers and how they're stressed out about everything um but it is not hades this game is a, a parody it, you cannot take this game seriously at all uh i got the game on sale i think for five dollars 4.99 because it was uh it was like 75 percent off and uh i think it was worth every penny uh there is a free DLC that came out with the game. That's called the work from home DLC. Um, It doesn't really do anything except you get new. You get to go home and you get to put on new costumes and then you get to listen to chill lo-fi beats from the game. Uh, Heck yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's, the, that's all it added, but it was pretty cool. Uh, I'm like at the end of the game. I'm on the last dungeon, which is the, t- the Tinder dungeon. Um, uh, I, I had a lot of fun in the, uh, the cryptocurrency dungeon. I'll say that, um, you have to fight a wrapping crypto skeleton at the end. Uh, and, uh, but no, 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 no. I need you to understand why this is great. So you remember when you were in elementary school and you had to draw those S's? Yes. Yes. That when that's in his name. Like the text will show up at the top, like in Dark Souls or Elden Elden Ring or whatever, where it's like, like, like Skeleton the Magnificent. It is that S. That is it,
1: and it is
0: good. It's good.
1: I'll be real now. I'm just imagining the idea of being mocked for having no maiden except the S and maiden. Switch. Yeah, yeah.
0: Good. I would. I would highly recommend this game to people who want to like get to like get their dip their toes into roguelikes. I think this game is honestly more accessible than Hades is Uh, I, I, like because the game is not serious. Like Hades is just a very serious like you go through each thing and then you have to make it all the way to the end uh going under each of the dungeons are only four floors so you go through each individual rooms and then every room it's it's pretty much every single room there's always an adjacent room where you can like get upgrades or buy new things and then you get to have mentors so you get to be mentored by any of the other people that work in the office and they have special uh abilities uh, the accountant allows you to buy on Amazon the uh, <laughs> and the, uh, right now my mentor, which I think is the best mentor in the game. I don't I don't know. I, I just think it's the best. But my mentor is the guy that works at the um, uh, what do you call it at the in in corporation, the in company building cafe. And his name is Swamp. And he literally just steals things. That that's his thing, is that you could go into a store and if you talk to him, he'll steal something for you. And it's just be gay do crimes. Uh, it, uh, it's it's fun. fun. So if you're like if you're the type of person that's looking to get into the kind of roguelike games and you don't want to get like super serious like Hades, because Hades is is deep. Uh it's good. It is an accessible game, but going under is definitely way more accessible than Hades, because it is. It is not serious. It is pretty easy. You probably only run into like three or four enemies in a room at a time compared to Hades where you can be overrun with like dozens
1: at a time. I don't want to talk about the butterflies.
0: Yeah, lots of butterflies. Butterflies were rough in Hades. Jeez. Oh, Uh, God. You get these bats and going under and they in the cryptocurrency world and they have little like plugs and they just like drop down into the into the floor and uh the other cool thing is that you get business cards from going under so it's like the enemies are all like actual people they're not just they're like monsters they say they're monsters but they're not just monsters so like the first dungeon is called joblin and it's just like a fiver thing and it's just graphic designers that you're fighting against (laughs) graphic designers and freelancers it's great
1: so sad.
0: It is very sad. It's great, honestly. Uh, would I recommend it? Probably. Uh, I don't know if I would recommend it for fifteen dollars. I hate to say that. Uh, but I think if you would find enjoyment in the game, it's on sale. I think right now on um, which we'll call it on the Switch eShop for four ninety nine. It was definitely worth that. It was very fun.
1: Yeah, give them fifteen dollars anyway. What are you using it for? You're just saying you gotta look. There's a hole burning in your pocket. Go spend it if
0: you can. Yeah, I mean if you if you really want to support them, they're also on itch.io. If you wanna, if you're gonna spend fifteen dollars on
1: it, do it on itch.io. Don't do it on Steam. I would. Yeah, do that. Follow their TikToks. They're pretty funny. Yeah. Uh... They also are working on their second game, I believe they announced. Like there's no announcement of what that is, but they are in the process of working second game.
0: Yeah, they're they're great, honestly. Their TikTok is yeah, really funny. And uh going under is just a game that was on my radar last year and I'm glad I got to pick it up this year and I'm um, it's just a fun experience. It's probably yeah, just a fun roguelike. Just I get to put on Big Brother and just uh go through cryptocurrency dungeons and uh beat up crypto bros. Can't ask for more than that. Oh yeah, the enemies are also uh crypto miners. That's the funny part. They're skeletons that mine. Oh my god. That's a yeah, good The joke. whole thing is like mines. That's the whole thing. You have to go through the mine. It's it's fun. <laughs> I, I like I I can't I can't sell the game any more than that. It's just fun. It's a lot, a lot of fun.
1: make fun of uh 2022 we live in a nightmare world is there anything else that you've been playing anthony that you'd like to talk about today uh i played literally
0: one level of triangle strategy
1: (laughs) yeah it's trying it's the triangle strategy minute folks we're getting into it tell me what one level of triangle strategy has told you about this game Anthony. it's hard
2: (laughs) okay we got one thing
0: It's rough. It is literally Fire Emblem. Uh, There are three... What do you call it? Countries. There's the red country, the blue country, and the yellow country. And they're at war with each other. Uh, And I played the first level, which has like two bosses in it and a bunch of enemies. And it plays like Final Fantasy Tactics. But wow... Did I, I'm like, am I just bad? Which is probably the case,
2: but wow, was that difficult. I was like, damn, this is a first level. So which country is right? I don't even know. It's like, I literally barely know anything
0: about the game at this point. It's like three countries, but they each have a monopoly on something. And the prince of one country is getting married to the princess of another country so that they can get rid of the monopoly of like salt and iron. And I don't know anything past that. Cause that's as far as I've gotten.
1: So no one who's won your heart in the way that uh Sirden von Rassfeld did the last time you had a country. with colors situation
0: oh it's funny because lit- she's literally in the game she is literally the princess of the uh third country the blue country that owns the salt
2: blue country is the press milk i don't know how i
1: feel about that that doesn't seem right at all
0: yep and she's got white hair and it's already like a not even spoilers because it's literally like the first five lines of the game is that they're like oh you have like pink hair or white hair so you're definitely not from this country and I'm like wow this is literally Fire Emblem
1: good great
0: (laughs) literally sitting there like yo this is literally Fire Emblem Three Houses right now
1: god well I'm glad that you've at least started it though and I hope that uh maybe next time we're uh all on stream like this we'll be able to talk a little bit more about how you do let us know how hard it is. Maybe tell us the best way to get through without dying terribly. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. But I think that is
0: the perfect time, like perfect note to end it on. Cause whew, I'm definitely down to play some more uh, going under now that I've been talking about it. Uh, hey. <laughs> but I want to thank everyone for coming out today. Thank you for everybody that joined us on Twitter spaces. Thank you for everyone that joined us on Twitch. It's been a lot of fun. Uh next week we're going to be doing something fun because there's something that we've been talking about for a brick. Uh I'm going to, we're going to do a uh Pokémon speedrun race. Very excited to do Pokémon speedrun.
1: Yeah. You're going to go fast in Pokémon?
0: I'm going to go real fast in Pokémon. I'm going to try to go real fast. I'm rusty. Obviously cuz I think literally the last time we did a speedrun race was a year ago. <laughs> like almost in the day probably. So you're exiting Digi mode. You're entering Pokemon. mode. Oh, absolutely. Oh, shoot! And actually, funny that I say that too, because next Tuesday is the eight year anniversary of User Friendly.
1: Yeah, we gotta get into the kitchen, start uh, thinking up some plans, making some goods. Yeah, that is whew, eight is
0: eight years. But yeah, next Tuesday Back night, night at eight again. p.m. Back in the lab again. Next Tuesday night at eight p.m. Eastern. Uh uh yeah 9 p.m eastern oh my god i keep saying 8 p.m because that's when we get prep started but next tuesday night at 9 p.m eastern on twitch.tv slash user underscore friendly we're going to be doing a pokemon speedrun race uh i don't know how many people are going to be in it but at least lewis and i are going to be in it and i'm trying to get a special guest star to join us uh, a special speedrun guest star
2: gotta Who go could fast. it be?
1: Who could it be gotta go fast if you follow us enough i won't tell you who it is but i'll still do the other things
2: yeah
0: (laughs) but thank you all so much for coming out tonight it's been an absolute pleasure
1: love you all have a good night any closing notes jeff uh don't be like john cena but he is pretty funny yeah don't be like john cena but guess what you can't see
0: us
2: Boop, boop, boop,